Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Angela Payton from Grace Through Faith Worship Center, and I just want to welcome you this Saturday morning around 8.30, um, and uh, just wanted to thank you for coming in and just uh, sharing this time with me. Uh, for those of you who got your coffee, um, this morning I am drinking my regular, I'm trying to drink decaf coffee, and I had uh, my favorite coffee mate, French vanilla, so I got it going on this morning. So we just want to thank you again for coming in and tuning in uh, to the broadcast and just want to uh, just invite you into Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is doing. You know, God is so phenomenal. I mean, each day I'm learning more and more about him, more about this relationship that I have with him. And I have, uh, you know, just come to this realization that we just need to take it slow with Jesus and learn to enjoy, you know, our relationship with him and enjoy the intimacy. You know, so many Sometimes we get so busy with life that we are busy doing and not being. And we even talk about that to the degree that we're just really not enjoying life as we should with the Lord Jesus. It really is a privilege to know the Lord be at a place of exploring more of him and never getting tired of that process of finding out more about the Lord and developing that intimate relationship with him. And so I just invite you, for those who have been extremely busy and totally distracted and, you know, the enemy has, got you pulled on all kinds of uh in all kinds of directions and you seem to not be able to um to see your way clear I would say to press in just press into God and his word and you know all that he has for you you're going to have to decide that his word is more important than the call of the day, the stress of the day, the pressing in of the day, the things that really do concern you. And the enemy is always going to put you in a state of alarm if he can and always commotion and things going on. And and I would suggest for some people you just need to do a TV fast, a radio fast, where you're just spending time with the Lord and putting that first place because he knows that we're easily distracted. You know, anybody in the school system would probably have figured it out that, oh, you know, these kids are just, what are they on? You know, you're trying to figure out, Lord, help me, because, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's just this thing of being totally distracted at times. Some people, not everybody. And so the Lord is just saying, hey, 
I want you to to uh, just relax, just enjoy me, enjoy the relationship, enjoy the intimacy that you can have with me, and allow the Lord just to touch you in that way. Amen. And so um, we're going to open in prayer. Father, I thank you right now for your goodness and your mercies. I thank you, Lord God, that you show up at just phenomenal times and just in our everyday and our decision-making and as we go to and fro through this life, Lord God, you just share with us who you are and that you love us so dearly, Lord God, and that you don't want us dependent on anybody or anyone but other than um, your word, and your word is true. And your word is so faithful to us, Lord God. So we we just enjoy and we just encourage ourselves to uh, to read more of your word, to be more engaged with you, and we just make that commitment. And, amen. And so that that's the word of the Lord. And so many times, you know, we get cold towards the Lord. You ask the Lord, people, well, when the last time you read the Bible, or is it something that you just kind of do and be kind of going through the motions? And um, God really wants us to begin to really be faithful to him in that area and um, really love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Amen. So I think I just wanted to just say that and just admonish you to that. One of the things that we've been doing um, at the Grace Through Faith Worship Center is Ephesians. And we've been um, going through Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to do a recap this morning about Ephesians chapter 1. And um, one of the things the Lord put on my heart was that we're chosen. He's chosen us to be holy. He's chosen us to be holy before him. And because he's chosen us to be holy before him, we need to accept that. We need to receive that. We need to honor what God is speaking forth. He's literally saying that to us, that he chose us. And so many people need to understand that when you're dealing with, and the Lord put this on my heart, so I, I, the Lord just put it on the spirit of rejection where you don't feel loved, where you maybe felt like you weren't completely loved, where you you have doubts and so you, you build up these these walls to protect your heart. And I'm not saying we don't need to have healthy boundaries where we feel, you know, someone is crushing our soul or our spirit man uh, in an unhealthy relationship, but that we create so much fortresses around our heart that it's hard for anyone to be able to get to us, including the Lord. And so the Lord was just speaking to me um, even this morning about him choosing us in verse um, 1. He says, uh, in chapter 1, where he says um, that he, he, he blessed us and that he chose us and that he gave us all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And um, I just believe that God wants us to understand that he chose us. He said, accordingly as he, in verse 4, he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world. 
that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And so if you just kind of look at that and just begin to see how God looks at us and how he wants to fashion us, and it's all about him loving us, I think you walk away with that. And God, he's He's never going to reject you. He's never going to not have time for you. He's never going to be short with you. He is a God that just loves you, and he's a father. He's a father in the truest sense of the word, and he's a mother to us. He's a sister, and he's a brother to us. He is a husband to those who who don't have husband. He's 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 the I am for us. And I think when you can embrace that, um, your heart is open and you can see God's heart because he wrote this, he penned this, and he's saying, I chose you. He, he's not rejecting you. And so many people are dealing with the spirit of rejection, and they wrestle with that, and uh, some for their entire lives. And so I just want to just pray um, a quick prayer over that because I think that sometimes we don't even realize that we're dealing with the fear of rejection, you know, the spirit of rejection, and then the walls that we kind of create around our heart and just how we behave and socialize with people um, because we're fearful of being hurt or wounded in some way. Amen. So, Father, I thank you right now. I just pray for wounded souls or those who may be struggling with rejection, may not even understand or even know that they're dealing with a spirit of rejection, and it actually causes them to behave in certain ways where they're careful about uh, in just socializing and, and, you know, opening their heart to people. And so, Father, we just thank you that you just break those strongholds and you break those mindsets and that the fruit of the Spirit will flow forth, flow forth out of their belly, out of their being, that they will be people of peace and they will be people of joy and happiness in the Holy Ghost and they don't have these walls of fortresses set up, oh God, where they're dealing with spirit of rejection. Amen. And so verse 4, that's what the Lord is just saying, that he chose you and he's, he's, he's there with open arms. And if you just picture someone, you close your eyes where you're not, you know, they're just receiving you with open arms, and they're embracing you, and they're giving this big bear hug. My God, I don't know if you ever had a real big bear hug from some, some from some old sisters in the Lord. You just know that their their whole spirit and heart and soul is in it, and it just is a comfort to you. There's something that just melts in you. And uh, you just can't get enough of it once you really get someone just kind of, they just grab you and they just, let me give you a big old hug. And you know it's from the heart. And um, it just melts your, it just changes you. Amen. So um, I'm going to go on to verse 5. It says, predestined us to be sons. Uh, he had a plan in place for us. And Whatever we did in the Garden of Eden didn't change his intent for us. I think that's important to understand because sometimes we fall into the pity trap of I feel so bad about how I've made decisions that's changed 
seemingly changed the course of my history while I'm here on earth, and some choices we made weren't good, and some choices we made were good for us. But God is saying that here it didn't matter. He's saying that he already had predestined us. He had preordained you to be his own, and he made a way for that through Jesus Christ. He's saying, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Himself and his will is referring to God himself, God the Father, through Jesus Christ. And so God said, I've already predestined. I've already taken care of the fall. I've already taken care of the sin issue. I've already taken care of the bad decision that you're going to make. I've already covered it in my blood. And so we can uh, be friends. We can be his sons. We can be his daughters without blame. And with with and in 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 all wholeness, holiness, in all wholeness before him in love. And when you take that to consideration and you begin to meditate on that, so many of us are, are dealing with a lot of baggage where sitting in the presence of Almighty in wholeness and holiness without him bringing up past events or scenarios or in your life, good or bad, and without any blame. You know, blame gets into guilt, frustration, you know, just, just I'm not good enough. But he's saying he's clean all that slate. It's like a newborn baby, just pure and clean and undefiled. It's nothing. You just just to see the joy of a baby and their innocence and their lack of really other than just just being in existence, just there. And if you could picture yourself as a human being full grown, of course, in that same state without any blame, without any uh, shame or guilt, and you're just standing in the love of God. Oh, my God, it's, it's just phenomenal that God wants to reach our heart that way. And so many, sometimes I believe that religion has caused us to be so sin conscious that we don't even know how to be love conscious. We're so concerned about the sin, sin, sin that we're not in love, love, love with Jesus. And so the whole story is that he was in love with us, that he never wanted to lose us, that that he died on the cross so that we could be reunited with him. But we we focus on the sin, not the reuniting. We focus on uh, the blame and the guilt and everything um, and not on his pure motive, which is in love. Amen. So verse 4 really talks about he's doing all of this because he is in love with us. He's, he loves us. Amen. And so verse uh Uh, Verse 6, 
verse 4, it says, um, I know verse 6, it says, made us accepted. He made us acceptable. Wow. Okay, something that was a reject or rejected is made acceptable by God. Wow. This is like, I have like visions of like if you're creating a whole lot of widgets and, you know, you're creating a widget and something is broken, that one widget doesn't function correctly, and you just toss it and throw it in the trash. But God is saying here, it may have been defected, it may have had some quirks, it may have had some things that weren't right in this this human being that I I'm that that came through this world, but I made it accepted. I made it right. And so we have to understand that there's nothing impossible for God. There's so many lessons in this, so many messages that you can gain from this. <laughs> that God first took the initiative that he made us acceptable through the beloved work of, the, of, of, of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? He said, um, uh, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted, accepted, acceptable in the beloved. <clears throat> that is a powerful statement. Because it goes back to the ability to God to first choose and then him to choose us and to take the initiative to make it right, to fix us, to fix it, to fix our world. He made us, hallelujah, he made us acceptable. That is love. He pursued us. He pursued you. You know, even when we weren't thinking about him, even when we were doing our own thing, he made you acceptable. He pursued you. Amen. And so in return for that, our hearts yearn to love him back. You know, Scripture says, um, somewhere Scripture says that um, I love him because he first loved me. And I used to listen to that. You know, you let stuff go through your head. But one day it clicked. I do love him because I found in his word that he loved me first. So in response to that, in a healthy relationship, a response to that is to turn around and love him. Amen. And he will heal you up so that you can respond to his love. You know, some people are even so wounded that they can't even, they're so numb that they can't even respond to genuine love. They've been so wounded and rejected over the years and stuff that true love just abates them. They can't really respond. And so God is saying here in verse 4 that he made us accepted. Amen. He redeemed us by his blood. And he's saying, I had to die for you, but it was worth it because I found I find you valuable enough to die. And that will take a lot of people back because in this world, their mother, their father, their sister, their brother, whoever is closest to them, relatives, they may not ever, you, you may not ever get that message from them. 
But through God's word and through your relationship with the Lord, he puts you right where he wants you to be, understanding that his word trumps all. His word is truth. Some people, if we're lucky on this earth, may display some of God's truth. But the fact of the matter is they can't display all of the truth of God. So sometimes you find people, they say they're in families, everybody's loving each other, everybody's just nice, everybody's sweet, da 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 Don't be fooled. Don't be so quickly fooled by that. Because God is saying he is the one that's the truth. And it amazes me how I see some people, even though they seem to have it all and life is going good and, you know, family's good, everybody's good, and there still is this emptiness in it all. I found that very troubling to, to even phantom because you're like, wow, they got everything. So you think they have everything. They don't have to worry about money. They have friends that come over, babysit, do whatever, you know, change diapers, anything you need, I'm here. But yet they come and they say they still are empty. Wow. They still, something's just not right. Wow. And then sometimes you find those people they keep, you know, they just kind of keep going with it. You know, they keep going with it. Everything's cool. My family, they know anything I need, da 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 I hear it all, but then you hear the emptiness in their soul, and you know they're still missing Jesus. Whew. And so that's why the scripture says that it is difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom. See, riches don't really need, mean just riches. For me, anyway, the scripture says richness may be richness in, quote, your relationships, your father, your mother relationships, whatever you think richness means to you. But at the end of the day, they're still missing something because they don't have that true relationship with Jesus Christ. I remember one time I was going through a museum, and I think it was local. And I was like, wow, these people live in a mansion. I'm like, these people live in large <laughs> And I'm like, wow, what would it be like to live like this? But when I walked through the halls, I could not feel anything that I, it was like it was dead. It was cold. They had gold cups and gold. It was like, ooh, these people. And the Lord let me feel the spirit in the house. And it was just deadness, cold. Like I was in the graveyard, yet these people's house looked immaculate and they were living large. Wow. It just goes to show me that don't be fooled by materialistic things that seem to be help you be comfortable here on earth. No, no, no question about it. But that at the end, it's the soul and the spirit of a man that can, will tell the story at the end of the day. Amen. And 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 though we strive for stuff and things, we need to learn to strive for the one who can save our soul. Amen. So just just be sensitive to that because sometimes we're so busy that we don't even hear God's voice in in the little things like that. I I was like I was just astounded. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it, that's great to have all that stuff, but I want to have my relationship with the Lord. I want to have Jesus. I don't want to pour my heart into um, into the wrong thing and be fooled at the end of the day that it is 
only in it is about the Lord Jesus that will give you that satisfaction that will give you that uh, well that will never run dry. You know, he says that it's a well that will never run dry. And I always look at, well, there's some wells that do run dry. And the well of wealth, the well the well of just pursuing um things and the spirit of greed and the spirit of I don't I don't have enough. Um, you know, and the agitation of if I had this, if I had that, um, can elude us and, and lure us away from the heart and the intimacy that God wants us to have through his relationship. Amen. And so, um, you know, the Lord just wanted me to share that. Um, in verse uh, 6, he says, abound. Verse 7 says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, <clears throat> according to the riches of his grace. And so God is a forgiving God. He forgave us. He forgave us, and he took he took care of it, and he he uh, he he took and wiped all our sins away. And so, you know, as we roll around to uh, Easter, I think about the spirit and the power of forgiveness, and what it can do in restoring mankind and our soul and our spirit. Man, it truly is a gift to be able to forgive. And forget. You know, I was telling someone, and and I and and I've experienced this. I, I can't say what other people experiences experiences have been, but I know that God has given me the capacity to, to forgive someone and to forget it, literally. So it wasn't in my heart when I saw that person. There was nothing, no animosity, no I want to get nothing. It just it was just blank, as if it never happened. So I know that God can heal your heart, and He can heal your soul and your emotions, and you know you're free, and you know you're free, and you just you don't have anything towards that person, you know. And God will give you love for that person. It's a process, but when you pour your heart out to the Lord. He can make it so that the experience you can't remember it, you know, not not the impact, the trauma that it may have made to you or, or imposed upon you. He can literally wipe all of that away. And Lord, I just pray for anybody that may be even dealing with past hurts, trauma, emotional trauma, drama, trauma, however we want to say that. But God can can literally take that away out of your heart and your mind so that it's not this indelible thing that shatters you or shakes you every time you see it, every time you hear it, you know, and, and the feelings of it and the guilt and shame, all of that is wiped away. God does a completed work. I know people say they struggle with this and that, but I know for myself God can and will do a completed work. Now, the enemy will always want to dredge up what? Your past. But you have to understand that Jesus buried it, and we're not to go around digging it up. Okay? That is the enemy's trick 
that he does. He tries to trick you into meditating on past uh, mistakes and situations that you have and say that's why you where you are today. Look, God has many pathways to make you successful, and he is not um, a despairing of the many, many, many mistakes that we make, of the many sins that we may commit. All he asks us to do is to come to him and cover it in his blood and remember that he has given us the remedy for it. Amen. And receive that love that he has for us. Because he says in his words, he doesn't want anything to separate us from what? From his love. From his love. And so he's taking care of that. Um, um, Let's go to verse uh, 8. He said, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Lord knows we need wisdom today, and we need to be able to be skillful. So he's given us prudence. So, Lord, we thank you today that any situation that we find ourselves in, any circumstance, Lord God, you you give us wisdom, and we receive the wisdom of God. We receive the wisdom of God on how to raise our children. We receive the wisdom and prudence of God on decisions that we have to make in the next couple of months. Lord God, with our children, school uh, uh, decisions, Lord God, financial decisions that we must make, Lord God, uh, career decisions we must make, Lord God, that's before us, Lord God. We thank you for wisdom that in any decision that as we put it before you in prayer, that the Holy Spirit, oh God, will give us the decision that we should make, that as we lay it upon you in prayer, Lord God, that you will give us the right thing. And our spirit man will bear witness to us through peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding will come to us when we know that we know that we're doing the right thing, Lord God. And where we are unsure, we will not move until we're sure that you are speaking to us in these big decisions that that we are faced in making. And we just quiet our souls in you, and we thank you, Lord God, that you will give us wisdom, that you will give us prudence, and that above all things, Lord God, we will learn to obey the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Because you said that if we obey you, O God, if we hear you and then choose to do what you tell us to do, if we hear you, and we choose to agree with where you tell us to be, if we choose to submit our will and our decision-making to you, you will honor that. You honor obedience, and it's better for us to obey than to sacrifice time, our attention, our money, our peace is sacrificed when we don't obey you, when we don't submit and agree with you. We thank you in advance, Lord God, that you will cause us to have a desire to obey, to submit, to choose your way over our way. We submit 
our flesh to you, Lord God. We don't let our flesh, our own thinking that's apart from the word of God, our own thinking that is apart from the word of God, that is not harnessed under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, we submit that to you, Lord God, and we choose to follow the leading and the guiding and the prompting and the peace that comes through Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for that, Lord God. I thank you that it's a good thing that we submit our will, our desires to choose you. Amen. And so God wants us to do that. He wants us to do that because it's going to be good and beneficial to us. Amen. To us. He's looking out for your best interest and your welfare. And he wants us to choose the right thing because he loves us. Are we getting that? I think I hope it I hope that anything that you know I say or do is that you begin to wrap your your mind and your heart and your soul around how much he loves us. I think people hear it but they don't let it touch their heart to a degree. They they say, Oh yeah, 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 I know he loves me. But do you really know? Do you really let that sink in, that he loves you, loves you, loves you, crazy about you, crazy about you, thinks about you all the time, amen, and wants good, good things, only good, good things about you, only good things for you. And even when we have put ourselves in a messes and messy situations, He's like right there in the sandbox with you. Because he says in his word, what? I'll never leave you. So he's right there in the sandbox. And I'll never forsake you. So forsaking someone isn't, is, it could be a physical thing, but it's also an attitude. Ever heard somebody say, I'm just putting up with you? God is not just putting up with you. He's just not saying, I just I just can't wait till they get it together. Isn't that amazing? He, that's not his position with you. That may be other people's position, but that's not his. Okay, and, and one of the things that we need to get delivered from is people. We don't need to idolize anyone so that they they begin to trump what God says about you and your relationship with him. So God is saying, hey, I, I'm here in the sandbox with you, and I'm not going to ever leave you or forsake you, but guess what? Read it. Think about it. That doesn't say you haven't left him. He's saying... I'm telling you, I'll never leave you. I'm right there with you. You may leave me in your heart, but I am always, you are always in my heart. 
and I'm never going to forsake you. I'm not going to say you're a wash-up. You, you, you just, you know, just never going to get it right. You know all the bad things that people say to you, you know. And even if we don't receive them and you tell them, look, don't talk to me like that, it's those words have been said. And so God's saying, I'm never going to leave you. I love you. And I'm never going to forsake you, not in my heart and not in my actions and not in my deeds towards you. Amen. God is sincerely in love with us. And so who couldn't serve a God like that? And who couldn't sacrifice whatever it is that you think is important for a God like that? And who wouldn't get benefits just from being around God? So for me, I think a lot of times what I, I see, I deduce is that we just all need to know and embrace and ask God for a revelation of his love for us. And when we get a true revelation of his love for us, whatever other people have done, didn't do, wouldn't do, couldn't do, will go by the wayside. It's just a non-issue when it comes to an almighty God that at a whisper, that at a whisper, that at a whisper will begin to answer your prayers. But God says again in his word, we have not because we ask not. See, the scripture just answers all kinds of things. And you say, well, I did ask. But did you really ask? Did you? Then trust him. But sometimes we say we've asked God and we really hadn't asked him. If we, If the truth be known, we really hadn't asked him. We haven't asked him. But if you have, trust that he will answer your prayer. Trust him. He's a God that can be trusted. Amen? And so when we see the scriptures, when we hear the scriptures, and they become revelation to you, you know, what other people say don't really matter because they haven't, God hadn't revealed themselves to them in a, in a, in a real tangible way where they can just hold on and trust the Lord. Amen? And God's not a man that he needs to lie. And that's another scripture that I hold on to. You know, when people say stuff like, well, God don't have a motivation to lie. He, he's, not getting, he's not getting anything out of it. Whereas man, their motivation may be greed, self-preservation. They think about how they're going to pay their bills the next day. You know, they, they have areas where they will compromise their word. And we have to accept that. Nobody's going to be perfect. So in some instances, some people will say something and don't do it. They will compromise their word. But God says, I'm not a man that I need to lie, so I won't compromise the word of the living. I don't compromise my word. If I said it, it shall come to pass. Amen? So God is a faithful God. And then lastly in verse 8, um, he says, give us an inheritance. Um, he has given us an inheritance in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, 
who first trusted in Christ. So God has given us an inheritance. And we need to go back and read, read all the inheritance, the things that he's given us, Romans 8 and 17 and 1 Peter 1, 2 through 5. Again, that's Romans 8 and 17 and 1 Peter 1, 2 through 5. But God has given us an inheritance, a tremendous inheritance. Look, I just feel like God has gifted so many people in the body of Christ. They are, so many. They are gifted. They are phenomenal. They are movers and shakers. They are entrepreneurs. God has tremendous things for you. And we need just to step up our faith and believe the Lord and trust him. Just trust him. Even if we make mistakes, trust him still. Trust him. If he put it in your heart, he wants you to bless so many people. And what happens is the enemy wants to shut you down and shut you out because he don't want you to bless anybody. He just wants you to be on this earth and bless me, myself, and I. But God just showed me that if you bless, if you have one person, and you write down all the people that you put, that you have encountered in your lifetime. That is a lot of people, and those people know people. You know, it's like the network scheme, but in a good way. God just wants to, us to touch people, and He says, "Look, just write down the first ten people that you know, and as you bless those ten people, those ten people will bless ten people." And it's the process of multiplication. But the Lord is saying, if He can get us distracted. If the devil can get us frustrated, if we are not on post, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, somebody you teaching them and they and they and they not on post, they not on they not on task. You can get distracted. Time is of the essence. You know what I mean? And we need to be on post. We need to be not distracted. We sometimes you need to just take a day off or do do whatever it takes to deal with whatever God is really calling you to do that's bigger than what you can do just by yourself. Amen. And so th- that God is saying that. He's called us to be business. He called us to be in the seven digits, not just the six digits. And he's saying that because he wants us to bless, being able to be- bless the body of Christ, being able to to uh, bless your family and leave an inheritance for your family. Amen. You don't want to start the wheel all over again. So God blesses us so that we can bless other people and so that we can bless our family, leave our family with inheritance. There's a a whole lot to that. And I just believe it's in the area of entrepreneurship, Um, not to say that you can't, you know, work for somebody, but it's it's just beyond that. He wants us to be employers. And I know I'll keep saying that, but that's in, in my heart, and that's and I, that's what I believe. And I believe that if we put our hands to the plow, that God will honor that because He wants to. He doesn't. He's a good daddy. He wants to completely provide for us, but He also wants us to be able to provide for others. Amen. And the only way we're gonna do that is we have in the excess of the overflow. It's real easy to shell out a twenty when you're not even concerned about giving somebody a $20 bill or a $100 bill and you're not concerned about, oh, I got to pay my bill, I got to pay my rent, I got to pay. That is not, you know, I don't believe in giving out a sacrifice. If you need it, keep it. But if you're beginning to be blessed out of abundance, where you're not just calculating every nickel and dime, that that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be in the overflow. He wants us to be a blessing. Amen. And um, and so many, um, so I'm running out of time. I had so much to say, and I just know that God is doing tremendous things in your life. 
And um, I pray that you will come to the Bible study this evening at 6 p.m., and we'll have Bible study tomorrow at the church at uh, 9.30. So be blessed. God bless you. God is honoring um, this ministry and what he's doing through this ministry. And I pray right now that God just tremendously bless you, that you will, your eyes will be open, that your heart will be open to what he's doing in your life, and that whatever needs that you have, they are met. In Jesus, it's yes, and in Jesus, it's amen. Praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord God. In the air of healing, be blessed. Let God heal you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And I speak peace to you in your body, in your heart, and in your mind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.